On today's show, the Bucks split a weekend back-to-back. They dominate the Utah Jazz, but on the second leg at altitude, it was a bad second half. There was frustration. The officiating was terrible, but ultimately the Bucks do lose a game, which makes things interesting in the standings. We're going to break it all down, so let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that's brought to you by Ultimate Basketball GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing your own basketball franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimatebasketballgm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked on. Uh, that's all caps there in the game store. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, we thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or listen of every single day. And on weekends like tonight, on Saturday night, we've got plenty to talk about on the road to the postseason. Subscribe, like, drop a comment. It's free to do so, and it really helps us. So we absolutely appreciate it. Uh, I mentioned Frank joining me today, and it looks like he's joining us from the State Library of uh wherever he is right now this is a very nice background a nice looking house establishment wherever you are frank i like it i'm at at my uh, in-laws had baby shower for my wife today so um i'm i'm uh i'm it's a road game for me as as it was for the bucks (laughs) well and by the way i i you know, baby shower for your wife. I don't know if we've publicly acknowledged that, but that's a that's a probably a fun weekend for you, and maybe not so much a fun uh, night if you're a Bucks fan. They go down to the Nuggets in the end, one twenty nine to one hundred six. I don't think it's a huge surprise that the Bucks lost this game. Both teams had their stars playing for the most part. We knew at some point the legs might catch up with the Bucks, but this was a really high quality, particularly first quarter. The shot making was just out of this world. Both teams were firing shots on either end of the floor, but there's no doubt that the frustration took over this game. The Nuggets looked like they did have the fresh legs. The officiating was clearly uh, not a source of enjoyment from the Bucks. Multiple texts down the stretch, and this one got out of hand, Frank, against a team that is the top of the West, a really, really good basketball team. Yeah, I felt it felt like in the first half. I mean, it didn't seem like the Nuggets had really any plan against Giannis. You know, mm-hmm. it, they only had three turnovers in the first half. The Bucks only had two, which is remarkable. Bucks starters had no turnovers in the first half. That did not continue in the second half, unfortunately. Um, but it felt like the Bucks played with pace, and you know, Giannis getting all these dunks. You know, I thought was was representative of that. And uh, you know, they were up sixty to fifty at one point, and I think unfortunately, you know, kind of let their foot off the gas a little bit uh, going into halftime narrows it to 66-63. Um, you know, neither team had shot the lights out from three in the first half. I think the Bucks were like six out of 19, and um, Denver, I think, had made seven or something like that. Um, but unfortunately, second half, I mean, the the three-point shooting was obviously a huge part of the story, and then obviously the free-throw line as well. Um, just felt like the the Nuggets were able to 
game the officials, you know, much more effectively than the Bucks. Felt like the game became a lot more of a half-court slog in the third quarter. And even though the Nuggets, I mean, they can play fast, obviously, like they can get up and down the court. Um, you know, especially with the way the Bucks were playing, you know, they basically decided that, you know, we're just going to play Jokic 1v1 with Brook Lopez. And rather than, you know, double and, and get picked apart with his passing and give up open threes, um, you know, we're going to take our chances with, with trying to turn Jokic into a scorer, which I think is generally a better strategy. Um, but, you know, I mean, we saw why he's won two MVPs tonight. You know, I don't think this was his uh, certainly not peak Jokic. He only made one out of six from three. Um, 10 out of 20, which is a very low shooting percentage for him. You know, he's, I think, had one sub 50% shooting game since October, um, but 31 points on 20 shots, um, 11 assists, six rebounds, plus 19 and 32 minutes. Giannis gets a really fast start, but, you know, he finishes with 31 on 13 to 22. But unfortunately, you know, he was two for eight in the second half. Didn't make a shot in the fourth quarter for the fourth straight game. He sat out two of those games, so there's a good reason for that. But, um, yeah, the Bucks just looked like they kind of completely ran out of steam in the third quarter. And, you know, this was obviously, if you talk about sort of the MVP debate, this, you know, was an opportunity for Giannis to make a statement. Felt like he was going to do that with that first half. But then, um, you know, again, just ran out of steam. And I thought the Nuggets, like, realized, oh, we should probably, like, double team him, especially because the Bucks aren't shooting well. And, you know, as you said, I think there was just a lot of frustration in the second half. Bucks couldn't buy a bucket from three. So, you know, I think Giannis was kind of like, well, I, I kind of want to go kind of want to take the take game into my own hands a little bit and, you know, credit the nuggets. They really frustrated him. And I mean, Jeff green put him absolutely on a poster, just wrecked him with that left-handed dunk. Um, green also hit that, that kind of backbreaking three at the end of the third quarter as well. And uh, yeah, just small stuff just didn't go the bucks way, you know, Chris Milton grabs a rebound down 90 to 83 in the third quarter. Jokic kind of bumps him. He goes out of bounds. Jan, Chris is just, you know, expecting a foul call and they say just out of bounds, you know, just some of these kind of plays just sort of stacked up, stacked up, stacked up. And I mean, Denver outplayed them soundly in the second half. Right. And, um, you know, unfortunately both of these, both the games between these teams this season were marred by one team having a rest disadvantage. Uh, but the Bucks only won by eight when Denver came in on the second night of a back-to-back -back resting, basically everybody, um, in Milwaukee tonight, Bucks obviously in a similar situation, played great last night. Probably don't want to lose sight of that. Played great in Utah and uh, just got their ass kicked tonight. I mean, so, um, you know, kudos to the Nuggets. They've obviously had some ups and downs of late. Uh, but, you know, I think, again, they they showed why obviously they're they're the one seed in the West. That's not so strong as the East, but um, but a good performance from them. And, you know, the Bucks maybe weren't expecting a win tonight, but um certainly uh that second half was uh underwhelming to say the least yeah once the wheels fell off this one it, it happened pretty quickly and, and a number of the key guys obviously on the bench as you pointed to not to say that the game wasn't already over it was uh but you know the back end of this uh fourth quarter obviously pretty meaningless stuff and the nuggets overall win the second half 66 to 40 so it got uh pretty nasty there as we go through the officiating stuff i thought another a clearly pretty, uh, pretty key moment in this game was 79-76 in the third quarter. Uh, Jokic and Bobby Portis are going up the floor. And I'm telling you, Bobby Portis's middle knuckle may have just brushed the cheek of Nikola Jokic. And that man acted like his head was about to get launched off his shoulders into oblivion. He gets the foul call. And I don't even know. I don't think that that if, if a guy is trying to defend a guy up the floor, and you can, uh, you might disagree with me, but 
Bobby Porter ends up getting the tech because it's a flop by Jokic, whatever. You can say whether it's a foul if you want. I don't, I don't care. But he was flopping. He exaggerated the contact. I've always said, if it's that clear that you're exaggerating contact like that, don't blow the whistle because the whistle came so late and it only came because of the way Jokic reacted. If he doesn't react like that, there's no whistle. And then they decide on top of the technical foul that they're going to say it's a transition take foul. So they get two free throws and then knock down a three. They score five points. Uh, and that to me was the start of when things really really fell apart from the Bucks, probably from a, a frustration standpoint more than anything. Yeah. And I mean, it looked like he made contact. I mean, I, I think it was a foul. It, it's just, I mean, it sucks because he exaggerated it, which is then gets Bobby, you know, clapping and it's like, you know, I mean, we love Bobby's energy, but um, was that the most productive thing to do at that point? Obviously in hindsight, you'd say no. And I agree that the calling that a take foul, I, I don't, I don't really understand. I also, the the play in the fourth where Giannis gets the steal and Christian Brown like rakes him as he's driving and it's a side yeah, out. That is. Why yeah. is that not a transition take? Yeah, well, like it like it's got a, it should have been a shooting foul. I don't know how it's not. A, I mean, what exactly? I, I I now actually want to relook up what the transition take foul rule is because he's not playing. I mean, he's clearly just trying to stop the play. Um, Giannis should have passed to Chris Middleton. It was a stupid play by Giannis because even if it is a shooting foul. Chris Middleton taking a layup is a better uh, a better expected outcome than Giannis shooting free throws, which I think was just sort of again indicative of Giannis's frustration and kind of wanting to take it out on on the Nuggets. But um, but yeah, just a bunch of stuff, just weird stuff. And in the fourth quarter, it looked like Javon Carter did foul Michael Porter on that weird attempted three, but then Porter literally like instead of shooting, he like just lands with the ball. Like it was such a bizarre play and then afterwards they're like oh i guess i'm gonna call a foul I, again it's like uh, you know like the portis play the javon carter play. it's like i think those were fouls but it's just you know this the circumstances obviously were were you know frustrating for the bucks and again they didn't keep their heads they didn't keep their cool and i i don't think they reacted to things not going well for them in a, a productive way you know to say the least i don't think Giannis reacted well to you know things not going his way in the fourth quarter and um you know again like they, they got their butts kicked because of it. Uh, we've all been there before when you have a what is essentially a red-eye flight that by the next afternoon, even just the slightest thing is really going to piss you off. And it at least looked like a Bucks team that had been on the red-eye and they were a little bit tired and perhaps a little bit grumpy and things were just getting on their nerves towards the back end of this game. I do want to talk a little more specifically about the matchup between Jokic and Brook Lopez defensively, though, because, look, we've discussed about the Bucks not having a traditional backup five, I guess Myers Leonard is a guy. So I want to get into that uh, conversation in just a little bit after I uh, once again talk about our friends over at the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Uh, this is a pretty cool game. I don't play phone games. I don't play computer games at all, but I've given this one a little whirl and I can uh, tell you it is uh, quite a bit of fun, actually. It can soak up a serious amount of time on your phone. Uh, you get to manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season and lead your team to glory. You can do all sorts of things. You can hire coaches, fire coaches, trade players, get involved in the draft stuff. You can navigate the franchise through the off-season free agency. So if you're a Bucks fan, get excited about the options you've got this off-season and you can uh, call your own uh, shots there as the GM. So Locked On Bucks listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. Uh, make sure you check it out. Download the game. Just visit probasketballgm.com or scan the code on the screen right now. Uh, or you can look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Uh, Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today.
So Brooke Lopez just plays 19 minutes in this game. I uh, already mentioned what Jokic was able to do. Giannis had four steals in this game. A couple of those did come when he was able to pick the pocket of Jokic there a little bit, particularly one very early in the game on a switch where they were able to score in transition. And you're like, okay, this is some exciting stuff. And then I just thought the physicality of Jokic combined, and it's not, look, we're not going all money Williams here. We're not blaming the officials or, or, or you know, saying that that's the reason the Bucks lost. Um, but, you know, Michael Malone picking up that technical very early for the way Lopez was guarding Jokic. I mean, Jokic is a physical beast. And the way that he backs you down, he forces you to be as physical as, as Brook Lopez was. He got in foul trouble and only played 19 minutes in this game. And we did see the exposure that you get when you've got a guy like Jokic. And I imagine it'll be similar with Joel Embiid if it's Bobby Porter's forced to have big minutes on them defensively. Uh, what did you think about the way it play, played out with Jokic and, and Lopez tonight? And quite clearly, Jokic is a pretty unique player. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's fantastic. You know, I mean... Um, again, you hold him to 10 out of 20 from the field. Right. He got to the line 11 times, made 10. So he, you know, he punished you there. Still had 11 assists, even with the Bucks not um, sending tons of doubles his way. So, um, I mean, he's just an absolute handful. And I mean, uh, you know, we obviously in the first half, you saw him kind of standing around while the Bucks were able to get to the rim for easy finishes. In the second half, you know, I think Giannis had a couple of chances to kind of size him up, settled for jump shots a couple of times. I think there were like late clocks type situations that he missed and then um, had another situation where he drove on him and missed a, a, not an easy left-handed layup. So, um, so they, I didn't feel like they were really ever able to, to really attack him in kind of the one V one, especially in the second half. Like they, they never really seemed to, to really get him into too much trouble. And the other thing on the back-to-back, like, let's be honest. I mean, last night was, I mean, that was like the perfect first night of a back-to-back, you know, Chris Middleton didn't play. Chris was not particularly good tonight. Six out of 14, just 13 points. Drew Holiday, Giannis, like none of those guys played in the fourth quarter. Um, what they play, like 23, 24 minutes, something like that, right? Like, I mean, if you could have, you couldn't have drawn up a better first night of a back-to-back than than what we saw in in Utah. So, I mean, again, like I think the, the two straight games at altitude obviously makes it really hard. Um but again, it is what it is. And I, and I get it. Like, you know, the, the, the schedule over the next you know week or so like sucks and you're going to take probably an extra loss or two because of that. Um, but it's 82 games, right? Like, <laughs> you know, everybody plays the same number of games over the same amount of time. It just so happens, unfortunately, like, you know, these, these games are coming here towards the end of the season when we're obviously like really hyper-focused on the standings and trying to lock up the one seed. So I, I don't know. I mean, like, I just can't get too riled up about like scheduling and stuff. Cause at the end of the day, like you pay me, pay me now, pay me later. Um, you know, unfortunately the bucks didn't have uh, as many of these issues early in the season. And at the end of the day, I mean, what didn't the bucks come? What, what were they eight and one on the second night of back-to-backs coming into this game? They were similarly awesome on the front night of back-to-backs. I mean, they have been, um, I think they have a better record in back-to-back scenarios this year than they do a winning percentage this year than they do overall. So they've managed to kind of work their way through back-to-backs extremely well over the course of the season. I think this is just their second loss in 10 games, I think, um, on second night of back-to-back, something like that. So this is pretty rare, actually, that, that this happens to them. Like, generally, they've been great. They've only lost one other game on the second night of a back-to-back. So it's not ideal, but, you know, it's the NBA. Like, this stuff happens. And, um, you know, again, Denver, Denver, you could argue, lost the first game because of that in Milwaukee. So, you know, pay me now, pay me later. 
it sucks. It would have been great to see these two teams facing off when neither was a rest disadvantage so that we would have had, you know, a bit of a kind of clean, cleaner kind of matchup and maybe a better measuring stick of where both teams were. But, um, you know, even putting the rest aside, I think Denver obviously was just way better tonight than the Bucks, and, you know, take the L and move on. Right. Can't, can't dwell on it at this point. Uh, and, you know, as we've been watching all these teams, so the Bucks now two games in the loss column ahead of the Celtics. Obviously, they play at the back end of this uh, schedule stuff that we've been talking about later this week. Uh, the Sixers right now are playing in Phoenix. Uh, they played in San Francisco last night as well. So it's fair to say, you know, the Sixers haven't had a, a great period here with the schedule as well. And as we've discussed multiple times, I think, you know, going back a few weeks ago, they had the hardest schedule in the NBA. Uh, and if the Sixers do go ahead and lose that game, there'll be four uh, losses behind the Bucks with only about eight games to play. So it, it does look at least like it's shaping up to be a Bucks and Celtics race uh, for the number one seed here. Anything positive, Frank, uh, from tonight's game in Denver? I, uh, you can go back to Utah if you want. Obviously, that was a pretty uh, nice night at the office if you're a Bucks fan. Um, uh, yeah, if we do go back to last night, clearly Pat Connaughton breaking out and knocking down some threes is something we've discussed a little bit, and he was pretty good uh, on, in a low-stress situation. Yeah, I mean, Grayson Allen to start yesterday's game was obviously yeah. terrific. Brooke, Brooke Lopez's defense to start that game. I mean, Brooke Lopez's defense throughout that game, obviously. Right. But um, but Grayson to start the game, and then Pat obviously hitting threes kind of throughout. Obviously, uh, would have been nice if those guys had saved some of those made threes, you know, nine out of 36 tonight. Grayson Allen, the only, I think, the only buck that hit multiple threes, which is a pretty rare stat to, to be able to pull out um, in a game like this. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the Utah game was was just they looked like a machine and, you know, kind of no notes. Right. Like they were they were just really good. And anytime you can basically play the fourth quarter, you know, basically make the fourth quarter, you know, essentially just garbage time. That is uh, that is a very good place to be. So, um, you know, it felt like uh, a, a split was the most likely outcome of these two games, given the circumstances and the quality of the teams. Utah obviously was missing a bunch of guys last night as well. So not exactly like a full strength jazz team that you're facing, but you know, they took care of business. They were effective, got in, got out. Um, and then uh, obviously we're able to move on and at least give themselves the best possible chance of being as rested as they could be for tonight's game. But um, you know, again, like this game, right? Like the, the three point variance story, right? Bucks nine out of 36 uh, nuggets, 15 out of 36. So exactly six more, makes by the nuggets that's 18 points i mean they win by 23 so you can't say like that the bucks outplayed them if not for that um you know it, unfortunately just just a game that the bucks lost on a, in a few different ways and um i was almost surprised to see that that uh it was only a, a plus seven free throw attempt differential for uh for the nuggets tonight because certainly in the third quarter felt like felt like a lot more but um you know that's just the way the way this one shook out and uh you know, again, I mean, at this point, honestly, like, you know, hopefully Giannis's hand took another kind of blow there in the fourth quarter when Brown, uh, Brown hit him on the fast break um, when he reacted. But again, um, obviously at this point, you're getting so late in the season, also just getting through games with your health and <laughs> surviving and advancing uh, in that respect, health wise is, is pretty damn important. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, let's say about of a chalk, a chalk weekend for the Bucks, And now obviously you get uh, a chance to, to hopefully just take care of business and not let uh, any slip ups happen here 
um, heading to Detroit, where obviously you uh, you really expect to win to win that game. And um, I don't know if the Pistons uh, particularly care too much uh, if they do anyway. So we'll see. We we've seen the Pistons be banana peels. We saw uh, Indy, which is obviously a much better team than Detroit, but we've seen uh, you know some of these games end up becoming banana peels. And you know I think at the rest of this way, you know the, the formula is kind of win the games you're supposed to win, and then. You know, you've got a couple of show, kind of marquee showcase games against the the Celtics and Sixers, and um, you know at this point, uh, certainly if if we're gonna have any more Giannis MVP discussions, which let's be honest, like the next twenty four hours, like eh, not the time to be making big proclamations about Giannis being MVP. He didn't, you know, didn't make that that big statement game tonight, unfortunately. But um, but you know, national showcases against Joel Embiid, that's probably the the single biggest game left. If you ask me which game I most want to win. Kane, I would say it would be that Sixers game. Um, you know, strategically, you could argue the Boston game is actually more important um, in terms of the, the number one overall seed, especially given uh, Philly's schedule and, you know, where they are in the standings there. As we speak, they're down six going into the fourth quarter. So we'll see how that game goes in Phoenix for them. But um, but anyway, I think uh, emotionally, especially after that that Philly loss of uh, a couple weeks back, I, I would very much like to see the Bucks get a matter of revenge against uh, against Philadelphia. But Anyway, so it goes. All right, some post-game reaction from Mike Budenholzer coming up because I was curious to at least say what uh, would be said after this game. So we're going to talk about that uh, when we get back here. After we talk about FanDuel, the NCAA tournaments are heating up and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to 1000 bucks. That's 1000 bucks back. In bonus bets, if your first bet does not win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. I've got the FanDuel Sportsbook app open in front of me right now. The Bucks still favorites to win the title overall, plus 260. Uh, Boston Celtics plus 330. And then the Phoenix Suns in the mix there on the third line. As far as the NBA Finals, the Bucks and Suns are the favorite for a Finals matchup plus 650. But those pesky Denver Nuggets plus 700 it would be a fascinating nba final series there so if you want to get involved in that action you can do so at fanduel.com slash locked on sign up today and claim your no sweat first bet uh that's all you have to do go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up make every moment more with fanduel So our good friend, Eric Name, uh, who, by the way, promised a final run for the Bucks in the fourth quarter that uh, never came. So Eric Name out here making promises to his, to his good friends that he can't keep. Uh, keep that in mind, Eric Name. But he did uh, tweet out tonight that he said, Mike Budenholzer, after the game, said, I'm not gonna. No, we just got beat tonight. They were better than us. We'd have loved some of the things to have gone differently, but it's not about that. And let me just tell you right now, that is the way I personally want my coach to act after you lose a game. I can come on this podcast and say whatever I want. I think I saw what I saw out there. I don't think it was the best night in terms of the officiating towards the Milwaukee Bucks. I agree overall. That's not why they lost. But look, it was, it was just some added frustration. Clearly, the players felt it in the moment. But I prefer that than Monty Williams coming out here and having a breakdown in, front, in every single press conference that they lose because they're getting no free throws. So, hey. That's a win for Mike Budenholzer in my books over Monty. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't have. I, again, like w- with some of the more controversial plays tonight, we're like, you know, when when you're getting to like, well, it was a foul on the box, but uh, something about it we didn't like. Uh, yeah, it's probably not the time to necessarily like 
you know, go go full scorched earth Fred Van Vliet uh, on the officials. Um, hopefully that officiating crew will not see the light of day in the playoffs. Um, you know, hopefully they'll be, you know, I don't know, whatever, whatever the officials do in the offseason um, by that by that point. But, uh, you know, whatever. I know some people want the, you know, want Bud to light up the officials and whatever um, because it makes us feel better. And whatever. Yeah, don't but, do it. Um, yeah. Choose your battles. Again, I, I think I'll see you lose credibility a little bit when you're kind of using that as a, a point in a game like this where I think the other team was just better. And again, there are reasons rest-wise set or why they had some advantages. But um, again, take the L, move on. I don't want to say burn the videotape because it wasn't like a burn the videotape type game. It wasn't, wasn't that bad, but no. um, but certainly not a game that the Bucks are going to look back on as uh, you know as they as we think about their their season uh, season in review and the highlight package of the season. But um, but anyway, yeah, we'll we'll keep keep it moving. All right, three games this week on the slate, so it's going to be busy here on Locked On. Uh, Bucks. Before we wrap it up, though, just two two quick other points uh, from the weekend from last night's game against Utah. Uh, Joe Ingles returning to Utah was nice. Like sometimes you see the, the you know the the thank you videos, the tribute videos, and I kind of roll my eyes. Uh, this one was pretty legit. Joe obviously pretty nice uh, uh, about things he had to say about Utah. The crowd was cheering him when he was knocking down threes. They were disappointed when he missed his first one, so that was nice to see. And the other one was big to nasty back in the lineup and throwing down a dunk, and then forgetting that he has to get back on defense. And Giannis is screaming at him to go down. The other end and actually play some defense. It was nice to see Thanasis out there. And uh, Giannis understanding that we've seen before that Thanasis can get into bad books of Bud for those types of situations where he's celebrating th- 10 seconds after a dunk and not defending. So a couple of at least funny moments towards the back end of, of the game last night, which was, I think you tweeted it out, but I was cracking up on my couch looking at Joe Ingles and Middleton and Drew. I've never seen three guys have more fun than those three on the bench at the back end of that Utah game. Something hilarious was going on. Early in the fourth quarter, they were just like, the three of them were just like laughing their asses off together and they kept going to them. And it really was like, the, I guess it's from Goodfellas, right? The, the like, I tweeted out some gif of like Ray Liotta, like just this exaggerated laughter. And it's like, what are they laughing at? Um, and then by the end though, like when the NASA was just dunking and all that, right. The whole, the whole team was point. And, um, it, I, I was, I was jealous of this night, like the, the nuggets bench when, when Jeff green absolutely annihilated Giannis on that dunk away the fourth, like they were enjoying that perhaps even more so than the bucks enjoyed that the NASA's dunk last night as they should have, because that was uh, an incredible play. And we've seen Giannis, um, be on the business end of, of a couple posters here over late between that and the, uh, the Miles Turner dunk, where again, momentum is a bitch. Uh, I would say when a guy comes flying at you and you're kind of like flat-footed, uh, even Giannis is liable to uh, to bounce backwards and and not be able to really challenge uh, at the rim. So um, anyway, can't 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 be a, a great defensive player if you uh, kind of duck out of those types of situations. But um, at least the Bucks had a little bit of fun on this on this uh, game. And yeah, I mean. I'm just looking at the box score again. I mean, Joe was certainly probably the worst game Joe's had in a while. Like, just missed one shot, two for two free throws, minus 19 in 19 minutes. Drew Holiday, this might be something to talk about at some point this week. I mean, I hope Drew can kind of turn things around a little bit. It, it feels like we've had a lot of, like, very mediocre to bad Drew Holiday offensive games of late. And I thought tonight he, he looked really kind of out of it defensively at the start of this game, kind of losing Jamal Murray a, a few times. 
Um, so I don't know. I mean, again, like Drew shouldered such a burden for so much of the season while Chris was out um, that, you know, you forgive him for um, having some, some off color games. Uh, but obviously you want him playing at his best. His March numbers are his shooting numbers are still pretty good, even though his scoring is, is way down. But, um, but certainly I think just with, again, some of the depth, Brooke Lopez having some, some really big games as well offensively, um, you know, they've been able to kind of share the load and, and Drew's, Drew's individual numbers coming down a little bit as a scorer. But, um, but again, at this point, like more about just keeping guys healthy and, and just trying to, to kind of win the games you're supposed to heading into the playoffs. No doubt. And uh, last update here. There's no point in doing this because people, by the time they listen, the game will be over. But the Suns are up 15, so maybe there's something to salvage from tonight. Don't, don't jinx yeah. it. Don't yeah, jinx that's, it. that's right. Maybe something to salvage. Uh, and if there is, uh, ends up nothing to salvage from tonight, I absolutely uh, deny any blame or take any fault for what could be about to happen there in Phoenix. All right, let's wrap it up. Three games this week, as I said. So we'll have uh, you know shows right through the week, post-game shows. Uh, finishing off on Thursday night with that game against Boston, which is going to be the big one of the week. But we're going to get there first. The Bucks two games ahead of the Celtics in the loss column. So that is absolutely the watch as we roll through the week. Also, check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast for news, stats, info, analysis from the Locked On hosts around the network, around the country, around the world. In this case, uh, Locked On Game to Game on your Locked On NBA feed. Uh, Frank, I'll let you get back to enjoying that uh, fantastic venue you find yourself in right now <laughs> a lot of rich mahogany going on here at my in-laws place so might have to peruse some some old books or something like that here to uh to take my mind off this bucks loss but uh enjoy your weekend kane will do and everyone else enjoy the rest of your weekend as well we've got a show tomorrow because it's the start of a new year new week so we'll catch you all